Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 191. We're going to continue our discussion on The Mandalorian with our latest episode, The Jedi. But Jesse, before we do that, we have one piece of sad news. 2020 has been rough all around, I feel like, for a lot of us. And chalk up another Star Wars legend uh, that has left us, and that would be David Prowse. The guy who helped bring Darth Vader to life, Dave Prowse, was the embodiment of Darth Vader, the, the guy in the costume, the guy that would that would fight Mark Hamill and things like that. Dave Prowse passed away at the age of 85 just a few days ago. I had the pleasure of meeting Dave Prowse at Star Wars Celebration 3 in Indianapolis, and that was 2005, so... You know, 15 years ago, um, I remember being very excited to meet him. I got a action figure signed. It was a the silver Darth Vader from 2004, which I was very excited to get him to sign. And that was the only time I ever met him. But I remember him being a very nice guy. Not not the Sith Lord that you would expect, um, but a very nice guy. And I know he's had some health problems over the years. I've I've seen him uh, a couple other times at Star Wars weekends and things like that, and and uh, obviously he's he's had some health problems, and and um, hopefully he's in a better spot now. So always sad when when Star Wars legends leave us. All right, Jesse. On happier notes, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on the Mandalorian chapter thirteen titled The Jedi, directed by Dave Filoni. And based off the title and the director of this episode, it's not hard to figure out what was going to happen. But as always, we don't want to be the ones to spoil you if you have not seen this episode. Turn back now. We are going to be talking about spoilers. But Jesse, this episode picks off right where our last one ended with Mando leaving Navarro and he ends up finding this planet that Bo-Katan had told him about the Corvus, Planet Corvus at the, the Caladan city on Planet Corvus and and we show up there and, and uh, even before Mando lands on that planet, I mean within the first like minute, two minutes, we see Ahsoka Tano. And I, I have to say, I was not expecting that. Like, you know, even the title of this episode and, and the director, I was like, okay, we'll probably get Ahsoka, but maybe she'll, you know, show up later in the episode or, or maybe we'll, maybe it'll be like a Boba Fett thing where like literally like the last second of the film or of the episode, you know, she'll 
come out of hiding or something like that or turn on her white lightsabers or something. But no, <laughs> this was Ahsoka's episode. She was in the entire episode. And she was active the entire episode. I know we contemplated whether she would just be kind of like somewhere, you know, meditating or like just to be like being one with the balance of the force and like a very, like a, I kind of pictured her in kind of like a Yoda-y kind of state of just kind of mm-hmm. laying low. So it was just so cool to not only have her, have her in the entire episode and get to see her so active for the first time in live action was just incredible. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Ahsoka. And I, I know that you're upset about that. Um, <laughs> so <fun. laughs> I could scream. I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a ton that we were talking about on previous episodes. Like, why is she there? What is she doing? We know what she's, we know what she was doing there. Now she's looking for information from this magistrate, and we'll talk more about that kind of part of it in a second. But we find out why she's on this planet. And the first part of this episode where we see her kind of running through the trees, that was very, very strange for me because the last thing that we saw, not necessarily chronologically, like with Rebels, but the last thing that we saw just as fans on screen, as far as new content with Ahsoka, it was very important to her that there was no killing involved in anything that she did. Right in season seven of the Clone Wars, which came out, I believe that ended like May fourth. I think was the last episode, um, which was you know what six months ago. She was very adamant about not killing any of the clones, not killing any of the you know Rex's brothers, and that could just be because she's got compassion for the clones. But in this one, she was just taking out dudes, you know, crushing them with trees, and it's like wow, I was not expecting Ahsoka just to be kind of taking people out, but. As we know, you know, her character, we see her change a little bit and not necessarily change in a bad way, but just grow a little bit more. And and I think uh, just a little bit, little bit different than what I was expecting to see out of her right away. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think it was a little bit of a shock to the system to just see her taking people out. But yeah, I, I would agree that I do think that that was a kind of a brotherhood situation where those clones, she had been around them her whole life they were her uh, partners they were people she worked with she knew them many of them personally and she was invested in who they were as people and she saw them as people and not just clones and and she i think also knew um from having that experience initially with rex and seeing that it was a very against their will kind of situation um is Mm -hmm. what made her really adamant about not killing any of them in that moment um so i think especially too after seeing kind of what was going down in the city where they've literally have people strung up like on these poles just getting electric shocked constantly um the people are too afraid to speak to anyone these this town is basically being tortured 24 7 um by this horrible woman so i could see where this is a situation where she doesn't have as much compassion for these terrible people um and she's just like taking them out because they suck (laughs) (laughs) the best type of people to take out the ones that yep (laughs) so yeah well let's talk about rosario dawson and her ability to bring to life this beloved character from 
Star Wars animation. Now, I know that this was a rumor that was, uh, you know, something that had been rumored by very reputable sources. Um, this wasn't something that was just like, what's that, like, main clickbait site? Like, I don't like a, know. Like a TMZ or like... <laughs> I guess TMZ yeah. is they're, they're fairly reputable, credible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I know. Like, it wasn't just like right, like you said, like those clickbaity, like where all you see is a headline and then you click on it and it's just a hundred advertisements and you're scrolling forever to get to content. It wasn't like that, right? Yeah, and so us here at TSO, we we really don't like to get involved too much in rumors. Number one, just because we don't want to be spoiled, and number two. Half the time, it's not right anyway. So I think, you know, for us here, we kind of took everything with a grain of salt. And, and while we may have been expecting it, it's something that we weren't counting on, I, I would say, at least for me. But mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson, she did make her debut as Ahsoka Tano. And I don't know about you, but like the first part of it, you're waiting for her to speak, right? Because she's, she's moving around. She's taking guys out. You know it's Ahsoka. And you're like, okay, talk. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I was expecting, like, Ashley Eckstein or Rosario Dawson to do some kind of different voice. I don't know. The way that they did it with Rosario Dawson's voice, I think, is great. I think some fans may be a little upset that she doesn't sound the same or it wasn't Ashley or whatever. But what did you think about kind of Rosario's Rosario's sort of spin on the role? I thought she was incredible just kind of seeing how she truly absorbed and studied and and how they choreographed the way she moved, the way she fought. Really a believable performance of kind of Ahsoka's fighting style and even kind of her mannerisms she got down, I thought, pretty well. The voice is the hardest part um, because we knew she was going to look different, even if it had been Ashley in her shoes. She still, there's going to be modifications when you take a character from, um, especially an alien character, from animation to reality. Um you know, her head tails had to be a little different. I'm assuming for the physicality of the role, you can't really make a, in my opinion, I don't think we could have made a believable fighting scene with any longer or larger kind of mantras and head tails and things like that. So I thought they did a really yeah. good job of modifying all of that. Um, well, and, and some think, of the people were like, shock yeah. T, she had longer ones and things like that. I'm like, yeah, but shock T was in the movie for, you know, two seconds and, like, turned right. on her lightsaber and stood there. Or, you know, was, like, went up onto a ship or something. Like, she didn't <laughs> right. flip or jump or run or do any of that. And I think I think people just need to get a grip with that. I mean, like you said, <laughs> things are going to be a little bit different when you go from animation to live action and vice versa. I mean, Dave Filoni talked all about the Darksaber and how the look of that's going to, it was a little bit different. The, the hilt was a little bit different than the way it looked like in the show. You take a look at, at Anakin, uh, Hayden Christensen, and what they did with the Anakin portrayed by Matt Lanter in The Clone Wars. They don't sound the same. They don't look the same. It's, it's totally different. When you go from animation right. to live action, it's not always going to translate to something that is flawless in design. Right. They're never going to match up perfectly. And that and that's what makes it good because that's what allowed Ahsoka to be as active and as 
you know, just awesome in her fighting style and doing everything that she did. I just think that those modifications to her appearance needed to happen. And I think they did them really, really well. Um, even just because I mean, you know, I'm so obsessed with Ahsoka. She's my absolute all time favorite <laughs> character. So I'm here like loving the difference in her mantras and looking at all these different pictures of her at all these different ages and, and being like, oh, they kind of like even the back kind of head tail even though it's shorter they still modeled it and shaped it the way it's shaped from rebels which was part of her growing it was less straight and i mean i could go on forever like it, it they just did a really good job of keeping the authentic uh, authenticity of what ahsoka looks like and moved it into reality in a way that allowed her to be as physical as we all would have would want her to be portrayed as um which we got out of this episode. And I just thought it just some of the ways that she just, there's like a moment where she's fighting all those guys up by that bell and she slowly turns and looks with that little smirk on her face. I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh, that was so Ahsoka. <laughs> like so much of the little mannerisms and things that she did was so Ahsoka. And the voice is something that's going to take a little getting to getting used to. But at the same time, she's 45 now ish. So maybe a little older. I'm not sure. I'm really bad with the years and everyone's ages. But she's at least at least that. She might be older than that. Yeah, I did a an article on kind of how old she was. I don't remember exactly how old she was. It also I don't know the exact time jump from season one to season two. I don't know if it's right. if if how much time takes place in between the two seasons, but. Yeah, I mean, she's she's older. She's older than where we see her, obviously. So, you know, did you sound the same now as when you did when you were 10? Right. Because I know I, I didn't. Right. I think her voice is more mature, and obviously it's Rosario's voice and not Ashley's, um, which I think is necessary if we want to be able to continue to have Ahsoka in our lives in various forms. Um, I think it would be really hard to do a whole movie or a whole series or even a whole episode where she's a prominent character and have that dub over voice and have that right. look good. Um, I agree. So I just, I think they took all the necessary changes that needed to change and it'll take a little bit of adjusting, but holy silhouette. Like when you see that silhouette from afar, with the like her iconic like um, kind of shawl thing that we see her a lot in throughout the Clone Wars and even Rebels, mm -hmm. like every time I saw her a silhouette just from afar, it just looked like they took Ahsoka out of the out of the you know the Clone Wars and just plopped her into reality. It just those silhouettes from afar were just <laughs> everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, I. I definitely agree, and you know, I, I like Ahsoka. I'm not I'm not as huge as a fan as you are, and that's just because you know it's not it's not that I dislike her or anything. I, I really do like her, and I'm really glad that they brought her into the show. Um, and kind of touching on some of the points that you had made up, some of the some of the facial expressions and the smirks and things like that. There was a scene where she's um, sending that rock to um, the child and. Uh, when the child grabs a rock, they show Ahsoka, and she has like a little smile on her face, a little smirk, and I'm like, that right there is Ahsoka too, 
you know, I definitely agree with the bell thing where she kind of turned and had that smile. And then at the end, at the very last part of the episode where she's like looking up at the razor crest flying away and she starts walking, she like turns and looks a little bit. I'm like, that's Ahsoka. Like, I think obviously having Dave Filoni be the director of the episode that Ahsoka is in, at least for the majority of it. Now, I don't know how much more we'll get of her as the series goes on, but I feel like what we got in this episode definitely benefited from having Dave at the helm, and I think they did a fantastic job on not only directing it, but having Rosario relay that performance and make it amazing. I 100% agree, and whoever choreographed the fighting style, like, applause. Like, there were so many moments of of just what felt like exact... uh, I saw exact moments from Twilight Apprentice be kind of replicated in live action and just kind of the way she just fights. Um, and probably, I'm sure there's more than I didn't even notice. It's just everything about it. They did such a good job um, with that transition. I'm definitely yeah. very happy. And I remember some people mentioning, like even the um, the lightsabers that you can that you can buy of Ahsoka at Doc Ondar's in Galaxy's Edge, people commenting about how big they are and i i was paying attention to her lightsabers in this and they're huge the one that she has is massive you know it is a big lightsaber yeah those are those they did look huge i did notice that too and it's like hanging at her side it's like Mm -hmm. it is massive but i remember watching in rebels too and now granted maybe they're a little bit thicker just so that the blade can go in in the you know the prop replicas but the length, I mean, they're huge. Even in Rebels, they're they're very big. So Yeah, if you look at those scenes where she kind of holds it in front of her face and her very Ahsoka stance, it takes mm-hmm. up, like, her whole width of her body, maybe a little bit more if you look at a picture. Yeah. I thought they did a great job with her outfit, too. I mean, if you take a look at some of the some of the concept that they had at the end of the episode where it's almost looking like, you know, in the, in the final battle concept... Um, obviously the, the surroundings are a little bit different, but taken very much from Japanese styled, like, I don't even know, dojos or whatever you want to call them. But she had like a, her outfit was like, it almost looked like a big Japanese style, like fighting garb where it was very wide at the end. And, um, obviously the, the, the final product for her costume in this one was a little bit different, but she had the very baggy pants which is kind of of reminiscent of the concept that they had for her. And then she's got that little ring on her abdomen area um, or her waist, which she also has in Rebels, that ring that kind of connects two sides of of her outfit. And um, I think they're, they're doing great, taking new things, interweaving them with older parts of her outfit to make a new version of Ahsoka that I think looks amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think they took kind of her Rebels outfit from, you know, the beginning of Rebels, mixed it in with a little bit of what we saw of her at the season finale, and then just added um, so much more. And those, that pants skirt, pants shorts skirt thing is really cool, and I can't wait to start seeing people make that and wear that. (laughs) To convention. Seeing people. So, no, this is what you got to do. You to need see it. people. I know. I, one day I will pick a Ahsoka. It's just, she's a character that takes a lot of skill 
to <laughs> yeah. make well. So that might be yeah. a long time coming for me. <laughs> well, get ready for the merchandise. I mean, it's going to just flood everything. I mean, Ahsoka mm-hmm. merchandise, I feel like, is is always popular no matter what they do it sells all the time and that is a testament to the character and the people at lucasfilm that has have made her into who she is because up until now she's only been an animated character so i'm excited to see what the live action ahsoka merchandise does you know whether it be action figures or hot toys i mean hopefully hopefully we can all get some you know depends on how much they produce but it's going to be a pain in the butt to get that stuff they got to figure out by now that a lot of Ahsoka things sell out. So yeah. they, better, they better prepare. <laughs> All right. Another big part of this episode, Jesse, is we finally get a name of the child. And through Ahsoka, we find out his name is Grogu. And I have to say I was a little surprised at that name. For some reason, I was expecting it to begin with the letter Y. Um <laughs> But Yoda, Yaddle. <laughs> yeah. But he responds to his name. He knows his name. And when Mando says it, it's like an immediate like stand at attention, like eh? and he yeah. knows exactly what it is. And I love seeing him respond to his name. I do too. I at first like it was, it was like a shock because we've been calling him a baby, baby Yoda, the child. Yeah. I like it. I think it's going to take everyone a little bit of a while to kind of get Grogu under the tongue um, and have that stick. But I love it. It's very cute and also very otherworldly, very Star Wars-y. So I like Grogu. Yeah. I have to say it is is Grogu-ing on me. I (laughs) I have to say (laughs) the the name is growing on me. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But... We obviously know Ahsoka's feelings on him, right? I mean, we know that Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. We know that she's not like the type of Jedi that that you would expect. And I was paying attention to the way that she was talking in this one. And she never referred to herself as a Jedi. Uh, Other people did, but she never did as far as talking about herself. And one line that I thought was very interesting, I mean, she, she talked about his fear and she said, I've seen what his feelings can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight to the best of us. And we know that she's referring to Anakin, or at least that's how I took it, right? Referring to Vader when you have the fear and, and what it does to you. Obviously, right. bad things can happen. And this is sort of the, the Luke Skywalker syndrome where you fear that if you train somebody that they would turn to the dark side. We've seen this before. So what did you think about that whole situation? Do you think Ahsoka is right to not take Grogu and train him? I that her saying that reminded me, and oh, not so much when we reminded me, but gave us a, a clue that Ahsoka herself still has growing to do, even though she is the oldest, and this is the most growth we've seen out of her yet, and this is the farthest point we've gotten in her timeline, she still has growth, because I feel like if Star Wars has kind of taught us anything over, you know, the decades, it's that we need a little bit of balance, and to say that we we can't I think there's a lot more that goes into Anakin. I think we all know there's a lot more that goes into Anakin's fall to the dark side than having been trained at all. Um, so I think that's um, uh, an opportunity to allow Soka to continue to be um, in stories in the future and allow that kind of growth because 
I think we know at this point that that's not necessarily true. And it made me sad um, that she's kind of in herself kind of in that when you say when I feel, I feel like when she says something like that or when any characters say something like that, that is it's kind of their own fear, right? Their, their fear mm-hmm. of allowing a repeat of Anakin. And we, we always so it's see almost a little too, hypocritical in a way. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Kanan wanting to refuse to train Ezra because he feels like mm-hmm. his own training wasn't complete. And he, he, I think it was more of a confidence issue with him. And even the way that he dealt with Sabine with her training with the Darksaber and all that, I mean, he was holding her back. It was Kanan's issue. It wasn't Sabine's issue. It wasn't right. Ezra's issue. It was Kanan still had to grow himself as a teacher. So. You know, I think we view Ahsoka as this really wise, really, you know, smart uh, character, really powerful character in the ways of the Force. But like you said, this could be, I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but she definitely has growth to do, kind of like you were saying. Um, I feel like it could be not just Ahsoka's growth, but the growth of where the Jedi are at this time period of they mm-hmm. have this chance to, to restart and do things differently now. Um, and we know Luke tries to do that and we, but we don't really, we have a big gap in how that kind of happened in Canon at least. Um, yeah. so maybe this is like the jump start of bringing us into the, the Jedi side of this time period and how things might change. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I almost cried at one point in this episode after the big fight at the end and everything and and the child's back at the ship and he goes back and he's going to say goodbye and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think if they ever decide to separate the child from Mando, people are going to lose it. I mean, the way that the music that was going on and, and the, you know, the child was like sleeping and... I don't know. I just felt very sad and worried that the two of them are eventually going to get split up, and it's going to be it's going to be like Ahsoka leaving the Order type knife in the heart. I think. Oh, I know, and I, it was such a drawn out moment too. Where he's like, "I'll be right back," and they he obviously couldn't do it, you know, right away. Like he thought he was going to be able to, and I think it's it's conflicting for us too because obviously you're rooting for the child to be trained in the ways of the forest. We're sad when we hear that Ahsoka doesn't want to train him and that she thinks he's better um, left to his powers to dwindle away. So we're obviously rooting for this little Grogu to to become a Jedi or to be trained in the Mm -hmm. ways of the forest. So it's like, can we have both things? I don't really know. Um, But I also really know I don't ever want to see them separated. And I want, you know, Mando to, like, stand guard over the little hut that whoever it is is training him in and just <laughs> always be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially with how... him being so young, you want you want him to be protected. I mean, maybe when he gets older and he's able to defend himself and things like that, you know, maybe, maybe uh, he'll be able to go off on his own and I'll feel better about it. But right now he just seems so helpless and he's so small and cute that like you want to make sure that there's a bounty hunter the best bounty hunter in the galaxy is there to protect him i know i don't think he so. can separate while moff gideon is still after him even if even oh, yeah. if mando leaves him with you know luke skywalker which i don't think is gonna happen um yeah. but you know I, I don't think he can 
he can leave his side at this time with everybody who's after him. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what else is going on in the city of Caledon. And we talked a little bit about this magistrate. Her name is Morgan Elsbeth. Uh, and she's kind of a jerk. Um, she <laughs> yeah. has this really cool Beskar spear, which she tries to bribe Mando with to kill Ahsoka. Um, which, you know, Mando was never, was never, his intention was never to go kill her. Just wanted to find out where she was. But there's a really cool fight at the end of this episode. Ahsoka wants information. The magistrate wants Ahsoka dead. And Ahsoka tricks the magistrate into thinking that she has killed Mando. And there's this final confrontation between Ahsoka and the magistrate. And... The way that they shot this, I know we've talked about the way that Ahsoka was, you know, her fighting style was and, and the way that they portrayed Ahsoka in this one, but I thought they did a fantastic job with this fight. I was a little surprised that Ahsoka didn't win quicker, but as we know, she's trying to get info out of this magistrate, so perhaps she was playing with her a little bit. One of the lightsabers goes flying in the water which I thought was kind of interesting. But Ahsoka wins this battle in the end. I thought it was a fantastic battle, though, and this is sort of the first battle that we've seen in The Mandalorian with lightsabers. So what did you think of that that fight, that showdown between the two? I thought it was a really cool battle. I thought um, it was a really great reminder of what we saw in the beginning of the episode that Beskar can go up against a lightsaber. I don't even think I realized in the beginning of the episode that that was what had happened, that he had blocked her lightsaber with Beskar. I don't know if it was just me, but I don't think I, I don't think we knew up until this mm -hmm. episode that that was a quality of Beskar. So I thought that was really cool. And the fight was really amazing. And at first I was just kind of like, yeah, like why is this lady like be being able to go head to toe? Uh, or toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with Ahsoka right now. Um, and I, like, looked over at Brandon, and I was like, yeah, right, like, this is ridiculous. Because they, <laughs> they were, like, you know, the Mandos out there uh, talking to the other guy, and the guy's like, well, maybe you're going to win, and maybe I'm going to win. And I was like, yeah, no. Like, I literally, <laughs> I literally said that out loud. I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so, sir. This is not how Ahsoka goes down. Um, there's just no way. And, and then the, the reveal there at the end where Ahsoka's like, who's your master? Where's your master? Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I was like, oh, so you maybe were trained to fight by Thrawn. And mm -hmm. we know what a master um, at hand-to-hand -hand combat Thrawn is. Um, that made more sense. Then I was like, okay, this makes sense as to why, obviously you're still not going to win, but uh, why she was able <laughs> to take it yeah. to really, to really be a, a decent match for Ahsoka. Yeah. I mean, we we know that Ahsoka is one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy right now. Um, we know who her master was. We know how much training she's had. She literally fought in a war for many years of her life uh, as a young Padawan under the Chosen One. So at this point, I mean, episode the first the first episode of The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. I would venture to say that at this point in time, maybe not, you know, forever, at this point in time, Ahsoka is more powerful in a lightsaber duel than Luke Skywalker is. I might get a lot of crap for that, but I think I think I'm I think right it's on safe that. Safe to say, yeah. <laughs> Luke had, so, you know, fast track training, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> So that's just my opinion. Don't don't kill me for that. But um, I 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was shocked, too. I'm like, Ahsoka's going to win this in, like, two seconds. But then she didn't. So how did that happen? As you said, we've, we've seen Thrawn train in fighting against assassin droids. We know that he's really good at hand-to-hand combat. We've seen him train in the dojos and the books and things like that, sparring. So with Beskar, that goes up against lightsabers. This is probably good match, like you said. But let's talk about that reveal of Thrawn's name. Now, with the addition of Ahsoka, this is something that we had talked about on previous episodes, or at least hinted at, that could be something to happen, you know, prophesized what could happen, what could be, what characters are coming in. With Ahsoka being involved, are they going to be looking for Ezra? Will Sabine be involved? Is Thrawn going to be involved? What happened to Ezra yeah. and Thrawn? So now we have this, we have the the mention of Thrawn's name, we know that Ahsoka's still looking for him, and if she's looking for Thrawn, that means she's looking for Ezra, right? Maybe? I don't know. Right. And at the end of this episode, when Ahsoka is talking about taking Grogu to Tython and sitting him on the seeing rock or whatever it is, she basically says, let Grogu decide. If he decides to be a Jedi, there may be or decides to take this path as a force user there may be a jedi that comes looking for him and to me that could mean ezra you know ezra could be coming to look for grogu and maybe ezra trains him now they've been bringing in a lot of characters from animation into live action i'm not sure would they do that with ezra would they have an ezra in here that would be the same age as luke and leia i think now that we've mentioned thrawn I think it makes more sense than even Sabine at this point. And we're mm-hmm. knee deep. No, we're neck deep in Mandalorian. Um, so it makes a lot of sense for Sabine to show up at this point to get involved in what's going on with Mandalore. We know she's the one that gave Bo-Katan the, um, you know, Darksaber in the first place. So it would make, you know, complete sense that she wouldn't, you know, sit, take a seat back when it comes to trying to win Mandalore back. And then for Thrawn to be mentioned, and the last point that we saw Ezra was, you know, taking down Thrawn and, and flying off into the abyss with a bunch of Pergil. Like, they, at this, I am fully expecting Ezra at this point. Um, I'm fully expecting this to, this story, or this series to kind of do what we've kind of seen all Star Wars televised series do, where we start the season with all new characters, season one, get everybody fully developed so you're just on board with these new characters as you are with any of the old characters, and then we slowly start to introduce. That's what Rebels did, right? We had got the whole ghost crew, mm-hmm. and at the end of season run, bam, Ahsoka. And then she showed up on and off you know, for the next you know, four, three seasons after that, pretty much, and, and you got Rex um, and other characters like that that we had already known. Um, and it helped finish the story of the Clone Wars almost. Um, and it, or not finish the story so much as, you know, kind of tell you where everybody's at. Maybe this is the way that we kind of pepper in the kind of where are they now of Star Wars Rebels. Um, this would just be a really cool opportunity to do that in live action. So I really hope that that's the case. Well, I was extremely excited that we got a live action Ahsoka but now with the possibility of getting a live action Grand Admiral Thrawn, right. I might lose it. I mean, that yeah. is, it's been a, a popular character for years. It's been a, a personal favorite, a fan favorite character for a long time. We've spent, 
you know, months reading about this character with his books and his, you know, Timothy Zahn's series, uh, multiple series now. And if we get a live action Grand Admiral Thrawn to see the Chiss with their blue skin yeah. and their bright red eyes, I mean, I am, I am all for that. And I cannot wait to see if that's going to happen. I mean, with the mention of his name, it's all but inevitable, I think. But I, I don't know. So. I yeah. definitely think so. Unless it's a full-on spinoff where they're going to introduce a new show that we haven't heard about yet. Um, but I don't think that's necessary. The way everything's intertwined, the way Ahsoka's story um, and even Thrawn's story is intertwined with the Mandalorian story from Rebels, it just makes sense for it all to happen here. Um, yeah. So I, I could definitely see it. Coming to now fruition. let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Star Wars prides itself on being inclusive for everybody. You know, we had, we have had issues in the past with gatekeeping. Oh, you're not a true fan if you like anything other than the original trilogy, or if you like the prequels, you're not a true fan, or or whatever. And we had, you know, we've we've had instances of of bullying and things like that. And now this series more than any other series i feel like a lot of people were excited because it had all new characters it had people who have never seen any star wars movie in their life enjoy it and i remember you saying some of that even star wars fans people who aren't star wars fans can can like this now we're getting into some pretty deep cut portions of star wars with characters who have never had screen time before with characters who were only introduced in animated shows which not everyone watches i mean even my parents they've been around me for my entire life and and they love watching the movies but they they just don't care for cartoons they don't care for animated shows and not everyone does but now we're taking all these characters from those things and bringing them into this highly integrated complex show from a galaxy far far away how do you think that that i mean i know some people have already been upset about it that they don't they don't know these characters they don't follow these characters and you know how do you think that that is going to continue to play out amongst the fans it's hard to say because fandom can be really split sometimes and and it's really nice that Thus far, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian has been a way to bring, I feel like, most people together. Um, it, it is universally loved, as far as I can tell. How did, I, how did Brandon react to this episode? Like, does he... I mean, I know he knows about Ahsoka, because that's your favorite character, but, he, like, Thrawn... To be fair, yeah. I have forced him to watch all the Mandalorian episodes of The Clone Wars um, in prep. For this show, um, I just kind of skipped through and just just did the Mandalorian story. I don't know how much he knows of Thrawn. Brandon never Brandon never ends an episode and it's like woohoo, you know, like no matter what, like <laughs> yeah. he'll sit there, he watches it, he is entertained, but he's not enthusiastic really in any way ever. Um, he'll talk about it a little bit, kind of speculate a little bit, but he's just not that into really any kind of fandom he's just not that kind of a person um he doesn't get you know really really excited over that kind of stuff but he's he's not confused i mean he has a, an advantage of you know being surrounded by ahsoka all the time and knows everything about her because of me but 
I think it's going in a way, and I'm trying to really separate in my mind to think about if I didn't see any of the Clone Wars and I didn't see if any Rebels. Obviously, I wouldn't be as excited as I am about Ahsoka because I'm, you know, I could touch the ceiling sometimes. I'm jumping up and down so high. Um, but I think thus far, even with Ahsoka in this episode, the way she's introduced, I don't, I think, I think you could enjoy it without knowing every little step of her background. Now, you might not know exactly what she is referring to when she says, I've seen a Jedi, you know, be trained that had fear in him before and, and I don't think it's a good idea but I still think you could enjoy it without um, I, I would say that there's n no denying the fact that it would be far more fun to have watched Clone Wars and especially Rebels at this point um, it definitely would add to your overall enjoyment of the storyline but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't really thought too much about this before you've presented it to me just now. Um, I think, <laughs> I think though, at this point, it, it could, the way they're introducing everyone, you could enjoy it without um, all of that background knowledge. Well, what I've seen is two things. Number one, online, I've seen people get upset that they have not watched these, you know, the, the animated series. I saw someone get really nasty, actually, about saying that they don't care about Ahsoka, they haven't seen any of these things, and they don't now. It used to be for everybody, it used to be like that common thing that all Star Wars fans like, but now they're bringing in characters that only certain fans are going to connect with and know about and, and things like that. And on the other side of the coin, some of the people that I work with who have not watched Rebels or Clone Wars are getting incredibly fired up to watch the shows you know because right. i'm talking about it and i'm like oh you gotta watch this you gotta watch this because they explain this and this and they're like oh my god okay and like the next day at work they're like i watched five episodes i'm really excited Same. you know so yes. that type of stuff happens too the way i see it this was too good of an opportunity we had you know the whole fandom of every level of the star wars fandom's attention with the mandalorian um and I think it is just if some of these characters that are getting introduced now are getting introduced for a reason, whether, you know, you've, you've known about them before or you're just getting introduced to them now, they're widely beloved characters that have incredible, an incredible growth, incredible character development um, and are just too good not to be introduced into mainstream Star Wars. And I think they're taking this opportunity to of, of having everyone's attention and knowing that everyone's watching to say, hey, there are these other characters that you, you just haven't been introduced to yet. Um, and we're going to start showing them to you now because I personally think we're going to be seeing more of them, whether it be through The Mandalorian or through spinoffs or new movies. We know we have a whole... Un charted world of Star Wars movies ahead of us um, that we know nothing about yet. So I just personally think that they have really good characters that have already been developed previously um, that they're just saying, hey, I want more people to know about these characters because they're that good. So I, I, I would hope that people could view it in that way. Um, I would hope that it would get them excited to go back and watch, but I, I don't think they're naive enough when i when i'm saying naive i mean the the, the creators dave filoni and all of them um i don't think they're naive enough to think that 
everyone's going to go back and watch you know, Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, that's just unrealistic because a lot of people just aren't inter- interested in animation um, or taking the time to watch seven, eight, nine, ten seasons of something just to understand one season of, of something else. If, you're, if that's just not what you're into, it's not what you're into. But I, I just don't think that they'll present it in a way where it was. it's like, if you haven't watched Clone Wars, you're not going to get the story. I don't think we've or rebels. I don't think so far that they've been incorporated in such a way that that makes you not understand the storyline. Um, I think that we were, you're going to get new characters in a show like this, no matter what. Um, all these characters are new to us as of last year. So just greet Ahsoka, greet Bo-Katan with open arms, and hopefully you get to keep knowing them um, and get to know them better. And maybe people who've never seen them before will start to love them, even maybe without having gone back and watching Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, I think if they're going to be in live action, they're going to be continue to develop them in live action. And it's not just going to be a, well, if you know them, you know them. And if you don't, you don't kind of kind of scenario. Sorry, I just, I got excited, but it, you know, <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I don't think, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, <laughs> I I really do hope that if you have not watched Clone Wars or Rebels, what you're getting in the Mandalorian is making you excited and maybe encouraging you to watch that to learn a little bit more, or at least certain episodes, or or you know maybe to spark your interest and and maybe drives you to do some research online about these characters or something just anything i know i've had a lot of really good conversations with my co-workers about things that have happening things that have happened and and i just i don't know i I think for me because star wars is my passion i just speak so passionately about it and you know sometimes when people speak passionately about something it is contagious and then you want to learn more about that thing and right. so yeah but let's talk a little bit about uh sort of one other thing about this episode and, and maybe it doesn't matter i don't know but we don't get to see what happens with the magistrate right so we see ahsoka she's got her lightsaber up to her neck at the end she asks about where thrawn is and then the scene cuts at the end of this episode, we see uh, sort of the townspeople essentially crowning a new leader, right? They put the cape around that one guy and and clip the clasp and and the mm-hmm. spear goes off with Mando and, and you know, it's a, it's a new day. So what do you think happened to the magistrate? Do you think Ahsoka got the information she needs? Is the magistrate alive? Is she dead? What's the deal with what's going on on Corvus? Personally, even though we saw Ahsoka be a little bit more uh, deadly than we've seen her in the past, I don't think she would have executed her um, mm-hmm. right then and there. I th- would hope that she gets the information that she needs. At the same time, there's no like police, like you know, like the rebel, like the <laughs> the, the new republic didn't like swoop mm-hmm. in and like arrest her or anything. She was being pretty tortury, so I mean. Maybe she did kill her. I don't know. I just don't see Ahsoka just kind of pulling an Anakin in that moment where you've got someone, your lightsaber up to the neck and you get the information you want and just decapitate. Like, I I think she's <laughs> learned from Anakin's mistakes, hopefully. Um, so well, that's why I like Anakin so much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so I think... Who knows, you know, the, the fashion of, of how this lady got 
rid of, was gotten rid of. But I would assume, you know, Ahsoka took down their her whole army. Every dude is is mm-hmm. out. You know, we had our even our rogue like droid Mando shot from behind his head at the end. I think it was just the kind of thing where she she took away her power, and maybe she can continue to use her to get to Thrawn. I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to the city of Caladon and she's in one of those little torture devices or something, you know, kind of just being <laughs> strung up and tried to get information out of or something. But I'd hope I Ahsoka know. wasn't that. She's not that dark. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, there's a lot of directions this show could go. We have, uh, again, a lot of jaw-dropping moments in this one, and this was the fifth episode of the season, which means we only have three more left in this season, Jesse, and I figured they're definitely gearing us up for season three already. You know, there's a ton of stuff that, that needs to happen or that could happen within the rest of the episodes of this season, so I'm sure some of these storylines will be continued in the next one. I mean... Barely seen Moff Gideon, so right. And the way things he's... have been going, too. We've even said things like, "Oh, they're not going to get to Corvus right away. We're going to have some like we're going to run into Gideon first or get some setback." But we're like going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we don't get to. Maybe we don't get to what is it called? Typhon. Typhon. Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't get there right away. Because like you said, yeah, three episodes, I didn't even realize we were, that's where we were at. Three episodes is not a lot of time to wrap up all these, all these new directions this whole story could yeah. go to. So, so yeah, maybe some of this stuff doesn't get resolved until season three. But you know that Gideon is coming back. It wouldn't just go on a whole, you know, side Jedi tangent all the way to the end. We have right. to get pulled back into Mandalore's kind of story. Honestly, I feel like we won't get Ahsoka too much more in this season. I don't. I don't think so either. She's refusing to train um, Grogu. She never mentions that she's not a Jedi, but mm-hmm. I mean, we know she's not. Maybe that's something that's to be explored um, in future seasons. Um, kind of outright that that's the case with her. Maybe that's just something to be explored later. But but I could see her kind of being something similar to, to the way she was introduced in Rebels. We only got Ahsoka here and there. Ahsoka, mm-hmm. even though she was introduced in season one, she wasn't a constant presence. So hopefully we do get her again because kind of where she's at right now is so interesting. Um, I don't want this to be the end. I don't think it will be. Um, I think it's just the beginning of, of seeing Ahsoka in live action. But like you said, I don't think she's going to be a constant character, you know, right at Mando's hip. I think it is still about Mando and Grogu um, right. will be the focus. Well, let's uh, kind of wrap up here. Let's talk about our final thoughts. Uh, I will go first and then you can you can conclude, Jesse. Um I think this episode was fantastic. I I kind of heard some people talking about it. This episode came out on Black Friday. I work in retail. I had to be at work at 6 a.m. So no, I did not stay up uh, late to watch it when it first dropped on Disney+. And there were some people that kind of were talking whispers. I heard whispers of it, you know, throughout the day, (laughs) which is kind of annoying, but it's to be expected. 
But when I finally sat down to watch it, uh, you know, I've said this before, I was extremely excited and surprised that we got Ahsoka, especially so quickly. Um, I think they did a fantastic job bringing this beloved character into live action in the way that they did. Uh, I think they could not have done it better, to be honest. Uh, I know some people have complaints, but in my opinion, they did it perfectly. There was no other way that could have been better. I'm extremely excited about the mention of Thrawn. I don't know how they're going to do this or when it's going to happen, if it'll be this season or next or three seasons from now, but I cannot wait for that addition. I think Thrawn in live action is going to just blow everything out of the water. That's just such a cool character to bring into live action. Um, Right. and, And I can't wait to see what happens the rest of the season. And Thrawn, too, in this time period, story-wise, could just be so interesting. Um, because we know he has this pull of the Ascendancy versus the Empire. He has two different loyalties. So kind of being in this moment of time when the Empire has fallen, will he still be, you know, I mean, he seems like he's, you know, making friends with some bad people like this, uh, whatever her name is, Morgana? Morgan. Morgan Elspeth. So he's still, you know whether we debate it or not all the time on the book club. If you, if you're with us on book club, is it, is he, you know, is Thrawn a good guy? It, it's, uh, he's obviously not in this story if, if he's dealing with the likes of her. So Thrawn, I hope we get a lot more of too. I, I t- totally agree with how Ahsoka is portrayed. I, I know early in the morning when I woke up, I, I was just scrolling through, you know, in people's Instagram stories and a few Ahsoka cosplayers that I follow didn't outright say it, but I could tell from kind of their like cryptic posts and everybody was posting their like Ahsoka cosplays again and talking about Lek you and things like that. And I was like, I better quickly get on Disney Plus right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was my day off. So it was the first thing I did in that in the morning. Um, and I just, like I said before, was not expecting to get a full blown active Ahsoka. I, I'm just in awe. I watched the episode at least six or seven times in the past wow. couple of days. I've just, it's, it's just been on. I had the I had Friday and Saturday off, so it's just been on in the background. I just keep pressing play um, because I'm just so happy. And I, even though even though it's different, um, because obviously we went from you know Ashley to Rosario and cartoon to live action so I, I just am getting used to it is it is an adjustment um to see a character that you've so beloved in one uh platform and now on to another platform i think that is the same whenever a book is turned into a movie adjustments have to be made um, in order for it to translate well in the new platform of, of media and it takes some time to adjust so i was just kind of adjusting myself to the new ahsoka um and I agree. I think every little change that they made was not was well thought out. I was well thought out and was very purposeful and had, as far as I can tell, a lot of meaning um, and and reason um, behind every change that was made. So I'm very happy um, as a huge Ahsoka fan, Ahsoka being my all-time favorite character. Um, it's an adjustment and it's something that I'll get used to because I hope that I will have to get used to it because I want to see Ahsoka um, in the future in other live action endeavors. So I'm very happy. I, I thought that Rosario Dawson did a, a really, really good job and I'm just really excited to see how 
um, Ahsoka's story incorporates into the rest of The Mandalorian. Well, we here at TSO would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, The Jedi, directed by Dave Filoni. Obviously, it's a jam-packed episode full of a lot of name drops, a lot of really cool aspects of the story of Star Wars. So if you'd like to uh, continue the conversation and let us know your thoughts, please do that with us on social media. Jesse, where can they find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the same handle, at Twin Suns Outpost. All right. And if you're looking for places to listen to our episode, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsunsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast tab through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 191 of Twin Suns Transmission. We talked all about chapter 13, The Jedi of the Mandalorian. We'll be back again next week with chapter 14 discussion. But until then, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Point on, how do we? This time you are not a familiar thing.